This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I'm here with Paul. What's up, Caps fans? Polly Cupcakes here. <laughs> you like that? You like that little uh, little, little curveball? Yeah, you know what? I go by many names. Yeah, Paul, Polly, Cupcakes, Douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> Confectionary master. <laughs> um, I do so. make a mean pancake, I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, well, that being said, uh, you know, today is a backup episode, so subsequently, Paul's second episode, uh, Polly, Polly's a second episode on uh, the Caps Shirt podcast. So, uh, you know, just want to let you guys know that this is obviously just a uh, pre-recorded one that, uh, you know, due to whatever extenuating circumstances there are, we're putting out early. So, we're basically talking in the future. This is the future right now. We're on our own DeLorean. (laughs) Um, So... No no segments, no real format for these. Uh, we're just going to have an open discussion about hockey culture. Um, we've both been a part of hockey culture for, well, me, like 20 years. And Polly, how about you? Uh, 22 years. Yeah. So nothing. Obviously, we're not NHL players or anything. But in light of the recent, I mean, I think this whole season is going to be riddled with questions on hockey culture. Um, you know, we're here to give our two cents, which may only be worth one cent or less. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> most likely. <laughs> so with that, uh, I guess we should uh, crack some open, huh? Yeah, let's get it. One, two, three. All right. So, hockey culture, man. This was your. Uh, this was your little idea here to be talking about dirt airing everybody's dirty laundry out, but uh, uh, you know, break us off. All right. Well, uh, with all of the stuff going on this year with uh, different coaches and how players are kind of talking about all the messed up stories that they have, um, I thought we could talk about the whole. What happens in the locker room stays in the locker room thing. Yeah. Um, and for, for anyone that's not clear, basically it's sometimes... If you haven't seen Mystery Alaska. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which you could see there were real re- repercussions to breaking that uh, that silence. Right. Um, you know, it's mostly unspoken, but some coaches do reiterate it. Uh, you don't go home tell your parents what's going on. You don't tell your girlfriend you know, if a coach comes in and tears into the whole team or just one guy or if your buddy's talking about cheating on his girlfriend, all that stuff is supposed to stay between teammates. Um, right, and, unwritten code, kind of, right? Right. You know, just kind of like another unwritten, you don't hit the goalie. You, you know, right. I mean, it is a rule as well, but, you know, <laughs> there hockey's full of all kinds of unwritten rules, which my dad, who's not a hockey guy, we argue about that all the time. Right, um, the code, the code, the, the right? code, yeah, the code. 
So there was an article that came out, uh, and it was written by Oren Weisfeld um, on CBC News Opinion, or that's where he published it in. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was talking about how Mitch Marner was basically tricked by Mike Babcock to uh, rat on all his teams. He made a list of the hardest working players. Right, and ranked them. Yeah, ranked them. Right. And then he, he told everybody. The whole um, the whole team, yeah, he, not he, every like he didn't make it public, but he told the whole team, right? Um, and so that's kind of that's the coach violating his own rule right there because that kind of thing is you know if a coach pulls you aside and asks for that, I mean, come on, you you can't be you don't pin right. players against each other. Sure, that's that's terrible. Oh, um, he he sat him down and was like, "You're going to do this, right?" And this is rookie. Mitch Marner playing for hard-ass Babcock. Yeah. Who, I mean, there's no way that he was going to lie or or he was going to do whatever his head coach said. Right. Yeah, maybe it's a little weird, but, you know, the guy's a legend, whatever. You know, Babcock, he's won Stanley Cups, you know, taking Detroit to the playoffs for like 10 straight years. Gold medals. Yeah. Who's going to who's gonna argue with him? Um, you know, now, this whole ordeal I don't think is as is a big of a uh, – other than – that's a good way to lose the locker room, but I don't think yeah. it's like a total in, infraction of the this quote-unquote quote code. True. I think it's yeah. a violation of trust, especially yeah. if Babcock explicitly said, I'm not going to share this with anyone. Right. Um, but, you know, I think the fact that he stayed quiet on how he was manipulated by Babcock here. Right. Um, that shows how he was negatively impacted by the don't open your mouth uh, you know, unwritten rule. Sure. Um, and then, you know, a lot of this stuff that's coming out about these coaches isn't coming out until they're already fired. So these players have kept their silence through uh, all these years, and it's almost like they waited until they didn't have a locker room. Right. And now they're opening up. So, I mean, but do you think that's people just piling on, or do you think that that's like they're afraid of the repercussions, especially if you're still a player? Well, I think that's a big part of it. Um, you know, with the uh, – this is on a much serious, more serious level, but the Bill Peters situation, Yeah. Um, that he was afraid to report because he was afraid of backlash from the coach. And, um, and from the organization, the NHL, right? Because right? – um, you know, it's it's never all right. So you've played enough sports. When has it ever been beneficial for a player to go against his head coach in any sport that you've ever played? When have you ever seen it work out, even if the coach was entirely wrong? Uh, I can't think of any time that it worked <laughs> out in anybody's favor. I can't think of it either. Either that player gets blackballed, doesn't play, or gets kicked off the team. Right, and so it doesn't matter if it's. Very, very serious, or right. if it's you know something that you're just embarrassed by. Um, I mean, I think the the coaches deserve respect, and they they deserve to not have their authority questioned all the time. Sure, but I think that this kind of sets there is a, des, a a dangerous precedent that has been set, and I'm I'm glad that Babcock's dirty laundry's been aired out because at least now maybe. If he gets another job, hopefully, he'll change his ways a little bit, and, right? And not, not manipulate. Sure, 
And I, I have heard just lots of things about how Babcock just had really bad locker room etiquette anyway. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of hard to argue. Because, you know, if you look at it from Babcock's side, whatever he was doing was working. Yeah. And maybe Toronto just wasn't a good look for him. Uh, you know, I almost want to take Babcock's side here, but I don't think I am. <laughs> well, I know how you are as a coach. So. <laughs> Right. But I mean, you know, I feel like I would be a lot like him as far as being authoritarian and do as I fucking say right now. Well, you know, um, well, I get that. I, I don't think that's a problem. Right. But I mean, I think, you know, he he was pinning players against each other. Sure. And so I think those kind of mind games that there there's no play. You, you, you want your team to be a brotherhood or sure. a sisterhood, you know, whatever right. gender you're, you're coaching. And um you know, there's there's really just no positive to pinning people against each other like that. Obviously, you want to create healthy competition at practice and right. stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you want those guys to be able you you want them to stand up for each other and stuff like that. And if if you're exploiting your players like this, you're not going to get that. Yeah, and I heard that when this happened, Kadri uh, <laughs> came out and was like, "Yo." the fuck is this? Because Kadri was low on the hardest working. <laughs> and and he actually took Marner's side, even though Marner said, like, yeah, he's, he was like, Babs, what the fuck? Right. This is uh, not not cool, man. Yeah. Um, and it, I think it got squashed, but I think he lost a lot of the room when he did that. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I guess with that whole thing, I mean, that's that's the pros, but I mean, have, do you have any examples of anything like this when you're as a as a kid player or something? Well, um, I mean, I I don't have a whole lot of. Well, you know, I can think of sometimes coaches would um, make comments like, "Look at how he's working. Why don't you guys all work hard <laughs> like him?" That kind of yeah. thing, and that right. can kind of create some resentment. Um, but in terms of coaches. Uh, and this is kind of a segue a little bit. The uh, another part people are talking about is the coaches being a little too hard on people, a little too old school. Right. And I've had some pretty intense coaches. Yeah. And as much as I hate to admit it, I responded to that. Sure. It sucked. It was embarrassing. It hurt my feelings. I almost wanted to quit hockey my freshman year of high school. Yeah. But the hardest coach on me taught me the most. Sure. And got the most out of me. And so, I mean, I think there's a lot of uh, value to a coach that yells and screams and pushes you. Um, sure. Not necessarily embarrassing you and humiliating you. Right. But, you know, the world's tough. And having a safe environment like a sport where a coach can prepare you for that, I think there's a lot of value there. Right. And I guess the big gripe is that, you know, Maybe it's antiquated or not the right way to reach people. And, and, you know, you're probably right. But, I mean, if you're, if you, I'm torn because I realize that, yeah, the yelling and screaming is not the best way to reach someone. But in the short term, it can be effective. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you don't Um, want to get into a habit of babying people. Exactly, right. I mean, when, when you're a head coach, I mean... It's, and and maybe I I have personally I haven't had that many 
coaches that would yell and scream and throw throw tantrums and stuff like that. In fact, I can't think of a single one that was like super in my face about a lot of things. Um, a lot of assistant coaches definitely booted me around, but uh, you know, like head coach wise, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, maybe I just got stuck with a lot of like good guy head coaches. Um, that, that being said though, is <laughs> I definitely think that players respond better to like nicer coaches, but there are instances where the players have run amok too much, mm-hmm. you know, maybe Toronto being a good example of one most recently where they need to get whipped into shape via an authoritarian figure. Look at the success that John Tortorella has when he comes to a team. Yeah. You know, I mean, and makes them all buy in and does everything that, that, you know, then that's another guy that I've heard, you know, I was (laughs) Sean Avery's book. He just shits all over torts. He says he's like a, you know, just a weak ego driven douchebag, him and Sullivan. (laughs) Yeah. Or well, he called, I think he called Sullivan like, a big old dum dum, like a big old like <laughs> deuce, like zombie guy that just like grrr, like kind of saunters around. But, uh, you know, I firmly believe in that. Like you know, sports are hard. Life is hard. You should be hard on your players a little bit. It shouldn't be a a, a cupcake thing. Um, and other people have different ways of doing that. Some yell and, and some are some. And I don't agree with like putting the player down. I mean, yelling—that's one thing. Right, getting somebody's attention, having a good yell, figuring it out, but you don't want to like yell personal things. Like I don't think any coach is like, you know, why are you even here? Why why did you why did your mom not swallow you or anything? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, I had a I had a coach that called a kid Ritalin because <laughs> he didn't. Uh, I mean, he'd scream at him because he didn't. Pay attention and do the drills right. Right. I think that's a terrible approach. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think I think if you're going to chastise someone, it's best to do it kind of in private, right. unless you're yelling at the team as a whole. Sure. Sure. Or just about general things. Like you can yell about performance, but right. when you call someone a mean name, that's I feel like that's kind of crossing lines. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm sure that you lost respect for a coach after that just a little bit, right? After hearing that? Yeah. Yeah. So counterproductive in any case. Um, I mean, <laughs> I guess you'd be a nicer coach than I would, though, for sure. Yeah, I probably would. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, with those coaches that – so, okay, let me, let me spin it to you this way. How successful were the teams – so you have had nice coaches, right? Yes. All right, so – how successful was each team? Like, was were the authoritarian coaches more successful? Well, the authoritarian coach had a tenure of about, I think he was five years at the school. Okay. And he won two championships. In that five-year span? <laughs> yeah. And then okay. uh, the next coach was a very nice guy. He opened up with a three-peat. Whoa. So, <laughs> I mean... I would say the kids responded better to the nicer coach. I mean, he probably yelled like three times a season. Interesting. So, yeah. 
and and you know you yell it you yell in in too much and it loses its shock value right right yeah that's I mean that's another good point right you know there's always diminishing returns with everything but I guess if you just can constantly scream you know it's it's terrible I mean some of the and maybe it's because we didn't play at such a high level but some of the um, I I imagine it gets way worse. And value is put way more on winning once you move up the levels in, co- in com- competition. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, I never played juniors or anything, but like, I'm sure that there were junior A coaches out there that were that would play mind games and, and things like that. And you know, I I guess I'm not. I, I, now that I say like mind games, and I'm thinking about it, I definitely played when I had, was a head coach. Uh, I definitely played for like the high school level. I, I definitely played some sort of mind game. You know, I wouldn't tell the players a lot of what was going on. They'd always ask like, "What are we doing at practice today?" And I'm like, "Shut up!" Like run laps. <laughs> like get, uh, you'll you'll figure it out. And if you won't, if you don't, then you know I'll yell at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in in that same you know. And we had a good season and whatnot, but um, you could definitely tell, like, if you were yelling too much, they would just stop responding. Yeah. And then you'd lose them. Yeah, you're just white noise at that point. Right, right. Um, So I tried not to yell too much, but, um, you know, when I did, uh, I I probably yelled, I could have taken the yelling down a notch, that's for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, I mean... How how do you like your personal experience in like locker rooms and stuff? How's that? You know, I remember coming in because I started when I was twelve, and like I got ripped on constantly for being terrible because it was like my first year. But I was yeah. on a house, and this was in a house. The coaches didn't care, but like, well, the assistant coach like throttled me because one game I went off sides like a hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nothing's changed. <laughs> Right. So, I mean, I'm not going to stop for you, dude. Skate faster. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's your fault. I'm offsides. Right. <laughs> so, um, I mean, and, and that, like, man, if I if I didn't like hockey so much, I probably would have quit after, like, that first year. Yeah. But, um, you know, I actually, I, I ended up moving halfway through that season, that first season, and came into a different locker room, and everybody was a lot nicer. Um it was just it seemed less competitive where I was playing, which is weird. Um, so because there were more people like in in the where I where I went to next. So uh, maybe that's what it is, you know. Maybe that's just the the culture the culture difference. And you know, everybody understood it was just house and like everybody was just kind of. I went from a team that like won like with a little bit more than half their games to like losing them all. People are usually a little more laid back there. Yeah, yeah. So if you're if you're just getting the dog shit beat out of you every night, and then you know, whatever, and people care less. Yeah. Um, but it was house league. Like, who gives a shit? Right. I, yeah, I feel you. Some people take it a little. I mean, doesn't matter what. If it's competition, they'll treat it like it's the cup. Right. Right. And those people are just douchebags. I mean, I'm a highly competitive person, but. Mm. Calm the fuck down, dude. It's house league. Yeah. Right? Right. Um, but, yeah, you know, I was going to ask you, like, anything, what about you in the locker room? Um, from from players? Yeah, like, in your own locker room, any sort of, like, I guess, 
examples of like this quote unquote toxic culture that that they're they're trying to say is is what hockey's comprised of um you know i had a few uh i had a few few arguments in the locker room but i didn't think it was much different than the other sports i played mm. um it, it, i mean hockey culture definitely you rip on each other a lot more <laughs> yeah. um they're just like and it's got to be because of Canadians. Because I watch Canadian like <laughs> comedy shows, like Letterkenny, and right. just, I mean, it's got to be like a trickle down from their humor, like down. or maybe hockey. So yeah. part of the culture, it's it's trickled down from hockey. That it, that's just as likely. <laughs> um, but I mean, there were, there were a few times where I had to I had to you know yell at multiple people at a time. Yeah, but. It wasn't much different than playing football or any other sports. I mean, I think in terms of player-to-player interaction in the locker room, I don't see a problem in hockey at all. Yeah, um, you know, I would, I would, I would tend to agree. Uh, you know, especially what I don't know. I mean, I, again, we didn't play at a very high level at all, so I could see how that's true and and yeah i definitely agree that hockey players are bigger dicks they're the hugest dicks in all of the sports world but i really don't think they mean it maliciously no it's just the humor yeah it's kind of just like if so because like you know if there's a guy and i mean we played on teams like in college like in club we if there was a guy that we didn't like we just wouldn't talk to him yeah you know that's like the guys you pick on are your buddies right Right, right, yeah. right. Like, like hey, you dude, almost your dad's probably the mailman. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, it's always good to chirp your friends. It's always fun, and that's it. But it, you know, at what point do does somebody overhear it and get offended or whatever? Right. right. Um, and I guarantee that if I if if my employer had heard even half the things that I've said in the hockey locker room, they'd probably fire me. Yeah, yeah. You too, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, and the, I don't, but I don't think that that's comes out of a. Now I understand that, like, when you say things, they, you're putting it out there in the universe, and then when people hear it, they are. You can't choose how people react, right? But I don't think it comes from a malicious point of view. A lot of times, like when I chirp people in my on our on our beer league team, it's because I like everyone. Right. You know, if I'm talking a lot, it's because you know you're comfortable. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, something did come to me um, just now. Uh, uh-huh. You asked me about my locker room experiences, and I wanted to say one instance where the what happens in the locker room stays was a positive thing. Okay. Uh, we had um, a couple guys actually peed on some guy's clothes when what? he was on the ice. <laughs> and right, that's a dick move, though. They, oh, yeah. That's and definitely like a, a, a fight. That's a fight. Well, the, the coach self-policed it. So, it didn't get to the parents. Right. No one got in trouble at school. Jesus Christ, could you so imagine that? So, I thought that that was a positive of what happens in the locker room. Because people received a punishment. What was the punishment? I can't remember. I think it was like a thousand push-ups, a thousand sit-ups, and a bunch of laps on the ice. Wow. 
Um, while the rest of the team skated? No, it was like after practice. And <laughs> so, um, yeah. Actually, that might have been one of... There were one or two times he gave like the whole team uh, like thousand, thousand, thousand sentence. Jesus. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Did anybody um, actually do it? No. No. <laughs> How far did they get? 350 is probably the farthest any of us went. Wow. But... Uh, that was definitely a positive. But it, it was basically like, you're going to sit here and do sit-ups and push-ups and not do anything fun for yeah. the entire practice. Yeah. Oh, no, it was after practice. Oh, my God. So it just got to the <laughs> point where he was like, I'm ready to go home. I quit caring to watch you guys. But, um, you know, when, when a coach can hand out discipline like that and avoid the problem getting blown out of proportion, I think that's a positive of the locker room culture for sure. Sure. Um, but, you know... Then the, the, I'm sure people are listening and they're going to be like, well, who's the coach to decide that? True. But, I mean, yeah. if it's on his turf, the coach has just as much jurisdiction to hand out discipline as a teacher would in the classroom. Fair enough. Um, I guess. I mean, at that, but, I mean, but if you do something real bad, like if you were to piss on somebody in class... <laughs> You would go to the principal, right? Yeah. And then the, and there would be like all these people involved, and then your parents would get called, and blah blah blah. So this this stayed out of the parents, uh, and everything, just stayed in the locker room. Well, the the kids may have told their own parents, but you know, no right. parents pursued it because discipline was handed out. Interesting, interesting. Um, and honestly, like again, when I was a head coach, I would try to do the same thing. Um, but yeah. It would be it would be fire and brimstone. I yeah. would I, I would love handing out disciplinary. <laughs> yeah, I action. know you would. <laughs> <laughs> and I made it suck too. I'd do it for sometimes. I'd just do it for no reason. Um, any little mistake, like during because we would have hell week for lacrosse. I would I you know and it was like you drop a ball, like you do something stupid, boom, everybody's on the sideline, everybody's running, and this was like middle of like a full blown practice, so that sucks. Yeah, to have to stop everything and then get back in and then like all right back into the paces because i would wait i would do um like ground ball drills and then put them into like attacking a net um and obviously i would mismatch it too so i'd send like it'd be like five on four and whoever won the ball like could go to the net but um so that's just like a high intensity thing and they get worn out without knowing it and then if they mess up it's just like boom now you're running yeah that and then sucks. and then it's like get back down we're doing this drill again <laughs> so funny <laughs> so <laughs> what a yeah. maniacal laugh that is <laughs> well you know i mean they deserved it and, and this is the thing is that you know i'm not going to sit here and and be like oh well kids are soft and stuff even though i think they really are um I this culture, this toxic culture, kind of goes a little beyond that because I, I guess maybe in your case it worked out right, but you know maybe in another person's case where a coach trying to sweep something under the rug, you know maybe he's trying to protect a star player from something far more serious. You know I'll let you guys use your imagination on that. You know where does it stop? Where's the oversight? That's what I think that the biggest thing that people who are who are probably listening are, are, are and don't agree with you yeah. um, are saying and they they could have a point though I I do believe that that those heinous type of situations are in the in the far minority yeah definitely you know but you know it, you know 
if they're brought to the argument, you can't shut them down just because they're the right. far minority. I mean, you got to give people their say. So, I mean, I, I get that. I, right. I can see where people would disagree. Sure. Um, and, you know, that's valid. Right. And, I mean, you know, playing hockey has shaped me into the brilliant and, and kind human being that I am today. Right. And imagine if you weren't a fourth liner. <laughs> How much better you'd be. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So, you know, maybe maybe if I, I had been better at hockey, I would have been more abused. Yeah, probably. Yeah. They're, they're always, you know, coaches are hardest on their best players and then the ones who just irritate them. So, right, right. Yeah. Well, I would have been in the best, obviously. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Been. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and I guess moving on, I mean, you, you brought up something about how the outside world – that's not in hockey kind of would perceive some things. Um, I mean, you know, like these, these fights that you see on YouTube that are like 10 year olds just going at it, having like brawls. I mean, what, what's that all about? Yeah. Uh, I feel like I see one of these come across Facebook or Twitter, at least, you know, a a couple a year. And I remember I saw one, I could have swore it was in China. Mm. Um, or I mean, it was somewhere. And kids Asia. just fighting. Yeah, it, it it may have been Korea. I can't remember. I think it was um, China. I, th- I yeah. think I remember. And they're just like one dude's just like beating a kid on the ground. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's you see some in Russia. Usually they're in America or Canada, and it's just a bench clearing brawl, ten year olds. And yeah, it's funny. It, it might even be kind of cute. Right. But <laughs> I think that that's probably my opinion. The biggest negative from fighting in the NHL is that you're teaching these kids that yeah. fighting's okay. It's a part of the game. And right. it is when you're an adult, maybe. Right. But I think that really takes away from their true learning experience. Right. But if you really think about it, though, is fighting is not allowed in hockey until juniors and the NHL. Right. Those are the only two leagues or levels that allow fighting. If you fight in college, you're out of game. Is that a match or just the rest of the game? NCAA, I think it's just one game unless it's like brutal. Egregious, right. Yeah. Okay. And then if you fight in high school, it's you're out the game and probably looking at a suspension. Yeah. You Usually have to go to the board. It'll be one or two. And yep. then if you are a repeat offender, they'll keep stacking it. Right. And then, um, you know, uh, Olympics. Yeah. Zero tolerance on fighting. Right. If you get caught fighting, you're out the rest of the tournament. Is that right? Um, I don't know, but that doesn't sound wrong. Yeah. I don't know. I can't. I think it might be, you might just be out like a match. I think it might be this game, the game, and then the next game. But, yeah, zero tolerance on that. Yeah. Um, and that includes like f- a gloves to the face and stuff. Yeah. You know, anything more that, intense than like a face wash. Right, right. And even a face wash could be construed as like fighting. Yeah. So they're they're really hard on that. And, you know, until I played bum club level hockey, I never fought. I fought once in high school. I punched a kid in the face twice, once in high school, and that was it. But we didn't even drop gloves. Like I glove punched him. Um I wanna say that was Okay, maybe in high school I did it twice. <laughs> one, but one wasn't at a high school game. One was at a high school game. One was at a uh, at a, a house league game, I think, which is weird. But, yeah, that is weird. 
But uh, yeah, this kid lost his shit on my team and threw his stick at like the best player, like oh. like like a spear. Oh jeez! <laughs> and just jumped him, <laughs> and, and then it all broke out from there. Right, and then everybody else was you know yeah. dancing, but it was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> I but yeah, I was always taught as a, as a kid that like fighting you can't fight; it's against the rules. Right. So I have to go back to like what are the parents? The parents are probably shitbags. Look, I mean, the parent parents rule ruin um, youth sports about 130 percent of the time. Yeah, um, parents are the worst thing that has ever happened to, to youth sports. Parents are the worst thing that happened to kids. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I and like, how are they being coached? And like, who? How does this start? I mean, I understand that not all of the onus can be put on the on the coaches or anything, but you know. Where is this acceptable? I was always taught that it, and in and in all honesty, I barely saw fights in high school. And in uh, what about you? I mean, where I played, you know, outside in like Northern Virginia, I didn't see a lot of fighting. Well, at the um, high school level, uh, yeah, uh, we we had quite a few. <laughs> um, I mean, first thing I can really remember, seventh grade. Um, yeah, it was a travel game, and some stuff was going on after the whistle. Near the face-off dot um, in our defensive zone, goalie just casually skated out and then drilled someone with his blocker. <laughs> All hell broke loose. And, that's yeah. That's like some goon shit. There. Yeah, and then <laughs> in high school we we had a, a full ice brawl. Oh wow! Um, earlier in the game, it was kind of brought on because the student section was chanting some culturally insensitive things towards oh. us for being hillbillies but um, I mean that, that ended up leading like half of our team was uh, suspended for our next game I mean like so I, I've I mean I had there was probably at least one multiple person fight or more than two people wow. each year I was in high school um, and I, mean, I guess just like my main point on this is that um, it's not that it's allowed, but because fighting is in hockey culture, right? I mean, you don't see bench clearing brawls in Warner Pop Warner football, right? You probably n- very rarely see it little league baseball because they have a little touch of it in baseball, right? Right. I mean, you don't see it in basketball. So, I mean, I guess really that's just my point is that. I love fighting. I love that it's in hockey, but that you know, it'd be it'd be nice if we could steer the kids away from following what they see on TV. Sure, sure, and and I think that again goes back to coaching and and, and explaining the rules, knowing the game. Right. You know, I think that when you are into a sport, you become like a student of the game, and you you study it and read about it and become fans, like we are. You know. Yeah. Um, our fandom's probably a little bit more than the average fan, but it, and unfortunately, that's probably the minority of of people as far as wanting to learn and know and and being strict on you know fights and things like that. Like, is that that part of the of the culture? But I'm sure no coach, no coach in high school has ever like shoulder tapped you and been like, "Go get them." Or well, <laughs> uh, okay. I, I, you know, it wasn't that blatant, but uh, when these things happened, he didn't necessarily tell us not to do it. Right. 
um, he kind of was a cheerleader for us when when it happened. Sure. Well, um, once you once it's already happened, you kind of have to die on that hill. Yeah. There's no. There's no. Well, I'm sorry that they did. You know, in the heat of the moment, you're just trying to like vie for your guys and get the get the penalties even. Yeah. Well, you know, we were you know even taught a few ways to better prepare ourselves if sure. a fight happened. Absolutely. Uh, well, what's what's one of the tricks? The fighting. Well, tricks. actually, it wasn't necessarily the fighting. He was teaching us how to cause pain without driving, uh, attracting a penalty. Where 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 to slash? <laughs> gotcha. Where where to like you know where you could hit people with your stick that wouldn't draw a penalty. Sure. Um, and I've I've had that too. I've had you know just guys come through on camps during the summer and and you know you get to talking to them and. Uh, couple buddies showed me some stuff a good one was like when you wrap up um and you let them have both hands right let them have both arms and when they're on your arm you slip the slip the jersey slip the hand out of the jersey right with with the elbow pad and all and just come out over top um that's a good one and then when you grab them on the if you if you get them uh, horse collared like in the middle of the neck on the jersey you grab it like palms down, grab it, make a fist, and then turn it towards you. And then you got him by the jersey. Yeah. Yeah, you're not coming off that if you got a good enough grip. Right. Yeah, he taught us the, you know, the shoulder grab with your offhand. Right, right. And, and to drop the glove as you're cocking your arm back all right. in one motion. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, and he did teach us how to effectively rip the helmet off so you yeah. don't punch in the cage. Right. Well, how do you do that from behind? Get yeah, the back. you got to you got to grab the back of their head and just rip off their helmet that way. Yeah, and it, it's actually not that hard to do unless they have it tightened really tight. Right. Right. Yep. That's the way to get it off, especially with the cage there. Yeah. Yep. You don't um, want to punch a cage with a bare hand. Nope. Nope. Um. <laughs> so if you guys need uh, tips on how to get into a fight with a cage on, here you go. Right. I feel like we were supposed to be here and like kind of vilify the toxicity of the culture and now we're just giving you guys some fight tips yeah but, we're the poster uh, boys for it yeah <laughs> probably not uh probably not the best i mean you know i truly do do believe that hockey is for everyone so i i hope that that the game can transcend this this whole bad press that they've had with and questions on the culture which again i do not think is pervasive Obviously, tons of room to improve, but there always is. Um, I, for one, for the most part, like hockey culture. Uh, Me too. You know, I think that hockey players do a lot of stuff for the community. They do a good job with a lot of things. Um, and there's a lot of there, just like any other demographic. There's the good apples and the bad ones. Yeah, I think there's way more positive, but you know. The negative always, you know... It's bad, always the uh, radicals, right? Yeah, it's yeah. always the radicals that are giving us the bad rap. Yeah. No one... You know, people don't compliment the perfume, but they, they always complain about the the rotting smell. I just came up with that all on my own right there. <laughs> I thought you were going to say fart, but okay. Yeah. You know, the bad <laughs> wow. stink gets way more attention, right? Squeaky, Absolutely. Squeaky wheel gets the oil, right? Well, I think it's grease, but... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, though. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. No, and I, I agree. Um, but uh, I guess, I mean, with that, man, you got anything else on this? No, I think, uh, I think I'm good. Awesome. Well, thanks for tuning in to this backup episode. Uh, hope to see you on our regularly scheduled podcast.
Thanks for tuning in. It's Hockey Troll and Polly Cupcakes signing off. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trollin on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, on Twitter at Cupcake Polly. And follow the show's handle at Caps Chirp on Twitter and Instagram. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on Twitter and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore. <laughs>